Hello and welcome to the Uncredible Adventures podcast with me, your host, Cornelius. I'm really pleased to have you here today. To my regular listeners, this is a bonus episode. It's a single story, but it's an episode that you might consider recommending. I've kept the episode purposely short. It's under 20 minutes long. It's self-contained and for a new listener, it's the ideal entry point for someone to come in, get a taste of what we do and decide for themselves whether they like it or not. If you are a new listener, welcome. I'm really pleased to have you here. So every week, whatever is going on, I sit down in front of the microphone with a cup of coffee for an hour or so and I tell a story. The stories are mostly true. or Most parts of them are true. They're all different. Some are more intense than others, but I always try and find the humour every week. You won't find any politics. There's no current events, no extreme opinions. This is a break from all of that. This is a cup of coffee and an interesting chat with a mate who knows how to cheer you up, knows how to make you laugh, knows how to make your day feel better. It's true. Not everyone gets the show, but the people that do get it, they love it. I've been told it's compelling, it's absorbing, that it takes you away from where you are. And while it all seems pretty gentle, by the end, you'll look up, you can't believe an hour has gone past and you're left wanting more as you snap back into reality. Without any further ado, I'm going to tell a story now. If you enjoy it, then at the end, I hope you will hit the subscribe button and join the rest of the crew as we take this incredible adventure together. In 2009, I lost my job and I went through a period where I tried to completely change my career path and enter a complete new industry. So I was doing a lot of interviews at the time and one job in particular invited me up to an assessment centre in the north of England. And this assessment centre was essentially a full day really intense you had one-to-one interviews with various managers you had panel interviews you had skills testing and you had kind of a, a royal rumble with with all the other candidates who were trying to get the same job that you were and the night before this to account for travel and to make sure everyone was there on time they put everyone up in quite a nice business hotel i was completely skint didn't have a car so just getting up to the interview was something i had to really work out what I was going to do and I, I came to the conclusion that I would get the train up which was quite expensive but took about four hours and then after the interview once the pressure had gone I could get an absolute bargain one pound on a mega bus now it took about 12 hours through the night to get me home but what a bargain uh, that mega bus trip in itself is worth an entire podcast but today's story starts at the point where I arrive at this hotel Now, up until that point, I don't think I'd ever stayed in a nice hotel. I'd stayed in budget brands and no frills kind of places, but certainly nowhere, for instance, that had a shoeshine machine in in the hallways. I was really excited when I got there and I saw this hotel and it it boosted my self-esteem. I started to feel really great. I felt quite flashed to be checking in and I was really excited. And despite having travelled for most of the day, I felt really good. But I kept my calm because I realised, look, the interview starts here. So all of my competition were going to be staying in the hotel and all of the interview panels would be staying there as well. And they could be anyone. And as I joined the queue, I realised that the lady in front of me or the man behind me could be competition. They could be people that are going to be interviewing me tomorrow. And really everything that I did could be used to make a decision about me that would shape the course of my life and decide whether I got this opportunity that I badly needed. So when I got to reception and the lady on reception, I really turned on good old Cornelius Act. I I turned it up to the max. I gave her some of my absolute best chat. 
I did a bit of flirting. And then right at the end of, she'd given me my key card. I gave her a really big wink and a kind of tongue click, you know, like a... <laughs> my room was up on the third floor and you had to walk through a really busy restaurant to get to the lifts that were at the back of the room. And again, remembering first impression counts. Any of these people that were in there eating could have been someone that was going to interview me. And if I stood out to them, if they noticed me today, I wanted them to think good things about me when they saw me again tomorrow. So I took a deep breath, shoulders back, chin held high, chest up. And then in a confident and professional way, I walked past the tables where had groups of people eating together. I got to the back of the room, pressed the button, the lift came, climbed in the lift. And as the doors closed, I sighed relief let my belly flop out a little bit and was grateful that I was headed towards the sanctuary and the privacy of my own room. So I walked along the corridor and I got to my room and in the wall right next to my room was an ice machine. How incredibly flash and exciting. I'd only ever seen something like that in the movies. But there it was, right outside my room. I was, I had arrived. This was it. I got in the room and I went around and, and really admired it. Look how big the bed was. And oh, in the bathroom here, they give me little bottles of shampoo and a, a tiny little bar of soap. There was also a little fridge and it had a couple of little complimentary glass bottles of Coke and a bar of chocolate in there. Superb. It was getting it was getting on a bit for the evening by now. And I wanted to get an early night, be extra fresh for the interview tomorrow. So I set the bath running, stripped down to my underpants. And as I started pouring myself a bottle of Coke to have in the bath, I realised there was an ice bucket on the desk. Oh, well. So I grabbed the ice bucket. I went to the door, opened it a crack, stuck my head out. I looked up and down. There was no one in the corridor. It was completely quiet. So I took a risk. I thought, look, the ice machine's literally there. I'm just going to grab a scoop of ice, fill the bucket and run back in. So I filled my bucket and it was just as I turned round that I heard the one sound in the world that I didn't want to hear. Click. And in that second, my entire life flashed before my eyes. I lunged at the door and grabbed the handle, but it was too late. The door had locked behind me and I didn't have the key card. Tried the handle about three or four times, just in case I tried to push the door. I was looking desperately up and down, thinking there must be a crack. No, surely I didn't even have any pockets to check. I'd locked myself out of my hotel room and I was wearing only the most tatty pair of boxer shorts. They're about 10 years old pair of tartan boxer shorts with a fly that was missing a button so it kind of gaped open and a bit of fraying around the edges of them. What do you do in that situation? The things that went through my head, I thought I could start to knock on some random doors and hope that whoever opened them was nice and wouldn't scream at the fact that a nearly naked man was knocking their door in a strange hotel. And then I was thinking, then what? Ask if I can use their phone or if they can ring reception to send someone up. And I knew that the idea of standing in the hallway, waiting for someone to come out the lift and not knowing whether it would be someone from reception or someone completely random would just kill me. I remembered also that the bath was running. So whatever I did, I had to do it fast. It's difficult for me to, to even begin to describe that feeling as the lift slowly descended and then stopped. And I felt it juggle a little bit like it does. And then the big lift door slowly opened to reveal this busy, lively restaurant full of people, full of people that tomorrow I was going to ask to give me a job. But look, what do you do? Like I said, first impressions count. 
So I took a deep breath. I held the ice bucket in front of my gaping fly, shoulders back, chin held high, confident and professional. And I strolled through that restaurant back to the reception desk. I realised as I was walking that if anything, the ice bucket was just drawing more attention to me. Dear God, why did I bring that ice bucket with me? It was full of ice as well. And the worst thing was that I knew the reason, the the real reason I brought the ice bucket was that in that panicked moment up on the landing, there was a small part of me that thought, if I meet anyone and they ask me why I'm half naked in the hallway, they might not believe my story that I shut myself out my room and somehow having this ice bucket would collaborate the story because they'd understand it. So I cleared the restaurant. My cheeks were burning, but I was standing proud and I approached the reception desk and the receptionist looked up and there was a brief flash of fear in her eyes. Well, I think she thought that I'd come back for round two of the flirting. (laughs) There was definitely a relief in her face when I, I walked up as professionally as I could and I said, oh, hello, could I get a second key for my room, please? To be fair to her, she managed to keep her a relatively straight face. I could see she was holding back some kind of laughter at this prat who'd given her this this big wink and a, and a click to see me humbled so much. And I spent the longest 30 seconds of my life while she ran the machine to program me another keycard. And I thought, right, this is it. Just in case there was anyone that was in any doubt at all that a naked man just walked through the restaurant i got to go back through there again so i turned on my heel again shoulders back belly in chin up professional and confident and i started to stroll and just as i was stepping across the threshold into the restaurant i heard my name called "Uh, mr incredible mr incredible my first thought was oh no this someone that knows me someone's recognized me at the lowest point that i can remember in a long time I turned round, realised it was the receptionist and thought, marvellous. Thank you so much for shouting my name out. Just in case anyone was in doubt, we've now given a name to the naked man. And she gave me a little smile and she said, don't forget your bucket. The bucket which I'd left full of ice on the reception desk. So I walked back and she handed the bucket to me. And just before she let go of it, she gave me a huge wink and a tongue click. And she said, Mr. Incredible, would you like to use the stairs? They're just beside reception here. Gratefully, I scuttled up the stairs back into my room and sat on my bed for a little bit wondering where my life had gone so wrong. In case you're wondering, I I did get the job, that exact job. uh, And now I'm the guy that gives the interviews. And although a swimsuit round is not allowed as part of the official process, I've vowed that I will never penalise a candidate for an accidental one. That's it. That's all you're getting in this bonus episode. Thank you for listening to Uncredible Adventures. If you didn't enjoy that, well, listen, thanks for listening anyway. You can block me forever and I'm sure there's an episode of Mrs. Brown Boys or something on for you to listen to. If you did like that episode, well, listen, I got great news for you. We've got over 10 hours of back catalogue of Uncredible Adventures ready for you to enjoy right now. And I will be making a new one every single week right up until Radio 4 give me my own show. So please press the subscribe button now so you'll know when the next episode lands. Look me up on Twitter. My name is Cornelius Uncredible. My username on there is at UncrediblePod. 
I produce this podcast entirely at my own expense and I deliver it to you absolutely free. And all I'm asking is that you enjoy it. If you did want to help me out, then the most valuable thing you could do is to recommend the podcast to someone else who you think might enjoy it. Has your mum got a sense of humour? Does your postman listen to podcasts while he's on his round? Have you got a mate that might enjoy it? Get the idea. I've got no advertising budget. I'm not famous. So the only way that people find this show is by recommendations, is by word of mouth, and is by people that are enjoying it, sharing it. So please let those words be your words from your mouth. I am Cornelius. You have been uncredible. (laughs) 